I am obsessed with helping my clients dial in and truly understand what their zone of genius is so that they're able to build out a business that is built upon that genius, that unique genius. This is the Alchemized Life Podcast, and I am your host, Ava Johanna transformational mentor, speaker, teacher, and most importantly, a woman on a mission to bring wellness to the world. This podcast was created to bridge the gap for anyone craving more love, health, and happiness in each and every day. And with every episode, you will receive practical guidance to create magic in your own life. Combining the expertise of wellness visionaries and thought leaders, each week we will bring it back to basics and provide you with the tools meant to empower you to thrive emotionally, physically, and spiritually. So together, let's ditch the mean girl, you can't sit with us vibes, grab your favorite yoga pants, and start to find your uniquely alchemized life. Hello, my dear friends. Welcome back to the Alchemized Life podcast. I am sitting here in Australia recording for the pod. Uh, Today's day two. It's morning time and I am operating on about three or four hours of sleep. Thank you, jet lag. And I also got sand in my eye randomly while I was sleeping and it woke me up, um, which was not very comfortable. I didn't realize that sand could do that. But yeah, I guess Australian sand has a personality of its own. And I spent like three hours this morning trying to flush my eye out. And finally, once it got out, I was like, you know what? The sun's about to rise. I should just get up and go on with my day. But now, of course, I'm a little delirious, if you can't already tell, but really excited for this week's episode with Kate Scudder. So she has an awesome podcast called The Born to Rise Podcast, and she is such a powerful business coach and someone that I really admire and look up to and just had to share her knowledge and wisdom with all of you. One of the things that we talked about in today's episode that I think is just so important is not comparing your beginning to someone's middle or their end, specifically when it comes to just showing up online, especially with video, you know. We talked about it more specifically with like going live on Instagram or in a Facebook community group or recording Instagram stories, but ultimately you could apply this to really any asset and know that like your beginning is going to be really uncomfortable. My beginning was uncomfortable. In fact, the first couple months of me showing up on my podcast or showing up on Instagram stories were uncomfortable and I had no idea what I was doing. And Kate shares the same sentiment as well. But I think what happens is we get so overwhelmed by someone who has been doing this for months or years and think that we have to be at the same level that they are. But you know that that's not the truth. And we see so many memes, so many coaches telling us not to compare our start to someone's middle or someone's end, but it really, really is true. And I think that is something that holds so many of us back is that we won't show up because we don't feel like we are at the level necessary to be able to connect with our audience. But ultimately, it's not about your how eloquent you are or how advanced your stories are, your live is, or you know how charismatic you are. It really is all about your energy and having your heart in the game. It's all about having your heart in the game. And you could be a coach, you could be a yoga teacher, you could be a dietitian, you could be a preschool teacher. It really doesn't matter. If you don't have your heart in the game, people are not going to connect with you. It's 
all about focusing on amplifying your heart's message, your soul's message, and using that as the foundation for stepping forward and showing up for yourself and for your business. Because ultimately, I mean, ask anybody who's actually pursued their soul's passion and their purpose. They are so much more passionate in every other area of their life. It's not just about your career. And that's something that I've really been honing in on with the women that I've been speaking to about my VIP group program that's coming up in March is that it's not just about your career. It's about every area of your life. It's about claiming your worth and your value and knowing that when you show up in one area of your life, you show up in all areas of your life and it creates a ripple effect for your relationships, for your friendships, for your relationship to yourself in every area of your life because it's that it's that snowball effect that is so powerful and allowing something like being a beginner stop you from showing up and doing the thing that you desire to do most or sharing a message that is so powerful and so uniquely yours is tragic. It's it's honestly tragic because every single person starts out as a beginner. Every single person starts out as a beginner. I was watching my Instagram stories from, I think, two years ago, a year and a half ago the other day. And I was laughing because I just looked so dull and so uncomfortable. And it took me a while to get to the point of recognizing what I needed to do to prep myself before showing up online, before recording Instagram stories or before going live. So I really could be shiny and magnetic and, you know, be in the energetic state that I am today when I do show up, whether it's recording a podcast or going live on Instagram, you know, all those different things there's a whole method behind me showing up. And that method really amplifies my heart's power, amplifies the message that I'm sharing with the world and gets me into a state of really being in service versus just showing up because I think I should or showing up because I have to. And it's a tool that we use every single day as business owners. And Kate's going to talk about this a lot in this episode is just like the getting into the soul of what you're doing. You know, it's a beautiful mixture of soul and strategy and sales that allow business owners to be successful, spiritual business owners to be successful. And Kate talks about her yes method, which you'll hear in today's episode, but it really is powerful to combine all of these different tools, combine the masculine and the feminine. And I think that's what really allows us to have successful businesses that feel good and are in alignment with our soul's purpose and in alignment with like the way that we want to show up as human beings. I think the beauty of being an entrepreneur, especially one that relies on both the masculine and the feminine is that we don't have to follow any rules. You get to make your own rules. And that's what makes it really fun. That's how you find the success is by making your own rules. And of course, you know, you can follow someone else's rules. You can follow someone else's strategy. But if you want to create a really, really powerful business where honestly, the sky is the limit and you are constantly up-leveling, constantly expanding and being an expander for your clients as well, being for an expander for the people that you work with as well, doing it on your terms, finding your zone of genius is the ultimate way, truly. 
And all of these things, of course, we talk about in today's episode. And I also want to invite you again to apply for my VIP group program. This is really for the woman that is ready to show up as her authentic and aligned self as an entrepreneur and is done playing small. It's for the woman who's ready to admit that she maybe doesn't know everything about the business side, but is willing to learn and excited to show up, excited to create impactful content, excited to up-level her pricing, to create new programs and offerings, and really, again, become an expander for her clientele. Because of course, when you are expanding in your life, you're showing other people what's possible. And so I'm here to support you in doing that, in being able to build an online community and to build an email list and to sell out your programs, to create new impactful offerings that are just so in alignment and you're just so jazzed up about. So if you're interested, as per usual, in the show notes, you're going to find the link to apply. The program starts on March, the program starts on March 16th. And I would love to support you in it. You know, this really is for the woman who isn't going to let her fears or silly excuses get in the way anymore, who is willing to warp timelines and knows that by making herself a priority, by making her business a priority, she is fully showing up and claiming the abundance and the overflow that is constantly surrounding us at all times. And yeah, it's, it's it's a really, really special woman that's coming into this. And if you feel called to apply for the program, if you're ready to step it up, if you know that you can have it all and just really want the support in accessing it, apply for the program. Seriously, this is something, like I said, that will not just change your business, but it will change your entire life. And I'm just, I'm so excited by it. I'm so excited to share all of the tools that I've learned along the way. So you're not just following my strategy, but you're actually creating one of your own so that when we're done working together, you feel so friggin' confident and so empowered and so lit up by what you're doing that you become your own greatest teacher because you already are. And sometimes we just doubt ourselves and think that something external is going to be what provides the success. But this whole program is really about turning inward and using that intuition, using that creative power, using both the masculine and the feminine to build a business beyond your wildest dreams. So with that being said, show notes for all the details, show notes for all of the details on where you can find Kate, her podcast, her Instagram, her website. And I hope that you guys enjoy this episode. If you haven't already, go ahead and take a screenshot, post it up on your Instagram stories, tag the podcast at The Alchemized Life. And if you're feeling like you really love me and just want to give me a virtual hug, maybe you leave a five-star written review. I don't know. That might make me really happy as I'm perusing the Australian outback. Perhaps you might just leave a written review. (laughs) All right, you guys, again, jet lagged, delirious, and about to take a nap. So I hope you guys enjoy this week's episode of The Alchemized Life. I think the best place to start is like just your journey. I went through your website. I've been listening to your podcast for a while. You and I, of course, have talked before. And I just like see so much of myself in you. You're just like straight go-getter. And I'm intrigued to hear about how 
you transition from like this hustle mentality of like building um, edu- or building education, but your education and then building with the nonprofit into now like building your own business. Like, what was that turning point for you? Because I know in my career, when I got to the point of being like, this is so boring that I'm doing digital marketing for lawyers and like car audio shops. Why am I not doing this for myself? That was like the turning point in the aha moment. So I'm curious, like with your journey, what has it been like? Totally. Such a great question. First of all, thank you so much for having me. It's great to be here with you. And um, yeah, so as you mentioned, you know, my background before becoming an entrepreneur was in education. I was very much on the hustle, on the fast track, you know, climbing in that academic space. Um, I graduated with my master's at 23, got a teaching job for two years. Um, when I was an undergrad, you know, was the director of an international nonprofit initiative. And so very, very much I put my eggs in the basket of if I hustle, if I grind, if I climb, that equals success. And, you know, I have always been somebody that is soul driven, someone that's heart driven, someone that's driven by the impact in the human lives that I can see around me, which is I think why coaching is such a great fit for me and why teaching was and nonprofit was to a degree. But um as you mentioned, you know, there's a real almost like an epidemic of hustle. I think in both of those professions that I found, even after two years of teaching, that I was not able to sustain. You know, I was driving an hour each way to the school that I taught at for two years, um, you know, to teach 60 little lives every single day, um, you know, had multiple classes a day. And I just found that you know, I'm the most high energy person that I know. And I was getting burnt out at the end of the day. And I thought, there has got to be a better way to do this. You know, I'm someone also that like well-being, self-care, all self-sustainability, all of those are personal passions of mine. And so when I was finding like, I barely have time to do yoga. I am lucky if I have time to do a run or I get home at the end of the day I'm hungry because I ate my lunch at like 10 o'clock. I'm exhausted because of all of these, like all of this energy draining out on me. I just need to lie down. I knew, okay, something is not right. I'm not going to spend my whole life recovering from giving. I need to find a way to integrate the service that I give to other people and a way to sustain myself deeply. And so that was really like what catalyzed my journey um, to go to Bali in 2015. I went for my 500-hour women's yoga teacher training uh, and it was also a women's leadership immersion. And that really catalyzed in so many ways and sparked the exposure to digital entrepreneurship and that you know laptop lifestyle, digital nomad scene, um, which transpired into me ultimately starting my business. And so that was That was a huge moment for me. And it was really catalyzed by how can I make this level of impact, if not greater, and also do it in a way that sustains myself, that sustains my family in a much deeper way. And uh, yeah, this business has been the result of of that inquiry. And you've just like every time, if anyone goes and looks at your Instagram or listens to your podcast, you're just like this radiant beam of light. And I know that you talk about this like is it the wheel of radiance or cycle of radiance? Yeah. Um, and it's I when you were writing about that, I was like, yes, 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 yes. I love that because I can resonate so much with the other side of literally just like coming home, not wanting anyone to talk to me. I would just like smoke a bunch of pot, zone out on like Gilmore Girls with my roommate, and then go to sleep and like do it over again. And I 
remember calling my mom and being like, I am in this cycle, this like rinse and repeat of a life that like is not mine. Like I don't want to be in this cycle anymore. And it was that what you said, which I is my favorite, my favorite message that can come through is there's got to be a better way. So have you always been like pretty intuitive as far as like just like following your path and like following those little hits of like, there's got to be a better way. Did you quit your job and go to Bali or did you keep your job? No, I, uh, my journey in entrepreneurship, I quit my job twice, two different jobs. I quit my job before I left to go to Bali. So I went to Bali with like the last of my savings, you know, scraped it all together. I think I was I was piecemealing like five different jobs together, consulting, doing some nonprofit consulting, education consulting. When you just said, like, you know, bare bottom at the end of the day, I literally remember coming home. I was substitute teaching. That was like one of my eight gigs at the time before I left to come to Bali. So, what was that in like January of 2015? And I would lie down on the floor. And this was, I was before that in my career, I was teaching high schoolers, but this was substitute teaching for elementary school teachers, just a shout out there for any of you listeners who do that work because (laughs) it is freaking exhausting. But to answer your question, yes, I've always been super intuitive. The metaphor, it's really interesting that you asked that because the metaphor that I use that I swear has just brought me to every next step in my life is almost like being in the jungle, Tarzan style, and just grabbing one vine and riding it till the end. And, and and being willing to let go of that to grab onto the next thing. And um, mm. just to paint that picture for you a little bit. So in high school, I, I don't know if you know this about me. Uh, many people don't, but I was a really competitive athlete. I, was a, I played competitive basketball for 11 months out of the year. I'm six feet tall. Um, and that was, you know, my athleticism was what got me into the college that I got into, Amherst College. Uh, I ended up quitting the basketball team my freshman year there. For a couple different reasons, but really the identity of being an athlete just felt too small for me. And I remember feeling like so conflicted about that and wondering, are my parents going to be disappointed? You know, they've poured so much into growing my career as an athlete to get to this point, to get into an extremely competitive school and to do so because of this, you know, because of this athleticism. Um, But being a student at Amherst is what led me to going to Costa Rica, starting this nonprofit. And in many ways, that's what opened the door for my, you know, for my, for my master's fellowship, for my first teaching job. And that paved way to yoga, which paved way to Bali. Like every single thing has just unfolded because I was willing to go as far as I could see with that gift, with that experience, with that opportunity that was present. And um, I'm pretty sure I've shared this with you before, but for your listeners who don't know, one of the things So yoga took me to Bali, but I met my now husband on the beach, like literally three days after being up in the mountains with all women for 30 days, just totally excavating. (laughs) You're like, hello. (laughs) Self-doubt. I know. I was like, and I was not expecting it. Like last place on earth, I was thinking that I would find my life life partner and i did and you know that just opened up the space for me to move there and start my business there and so all of the most amazing things that have happened in my life 
was a result, were a result and have been a result of choosing to trust myself, choosing to listen to a little whisper and little inkling, even when it made no sense and following that through. And I think guys, like for anybody who's listening, who's felt like, wow, like I'm, I totally get that. I've got some, you know, heartstrings that are tugging at me or some inklings that I know that are there, but it's really hard to listen to your best asset in your life is your intuition and are those nudges that are trying to pull you outside of your comfort zone because that is where we grow into something bigger. Mm, Yes, that's so powerful. And I remember for so long, I was like, I'm not intuitive. And I would like seek so much outside of me to help me develop my intuition. But ultimately, the only thing that helped me develop my intuition was like turning back towards trusting myself and knowing that it's like safe to trust myself. And it's interesting that we're having this conversation Um, I didn't even have written down that I wanted to talk about intuition, but I've been having conversations over the past few days with other girlfriends that feel like they're intuitive. But then when they step away from like the intuitive hit or the nudge, then they start to question themselves again. And I think there's this like pattern of like, we don't really fully trust and believe that we're intuitive until we're like in that like aha moment or in retrospect where we're like, oh yeah, I was super intuitive with that. So do you have any advice as far as like and I think this goes into like trusting yourself and confidence too, which is like really essential in building your business and you know just showing up as an embodied woman right now in the world. So do you have any advice for like really, really leaning into that and staying in a space of trust and faith even when we're not like in the intuitive hit or in retrospect? Absolutely. That's such a great question. The first and biggest piece of advice is you can never lose yourself. You can never lose yourself. And anytime that you feel like you are, anytime you feel like you have pushed your intuition aside or buried down that little, that deep kernel of knowing inside of you, it's not gone. Just your very recognition of, hey, I haven't really been listening to this is evidence that it's there and Mm. it's serving you and it's working for you. And so what I see a lot of the time with women who struggle with confidence, which I absolutely did for so many years, I had chronic anxiety. And I think that so much of that anxiety came from on a daily basis, like almost as if I had like a food allergic reaction, but I was eating it every day. Um, I think a lot of my anxiety came from the place of feeling a deep intuitive nudge that I was meant for something bigger and yet choosing to stay because I was afraid of disappointing other people. I was afraid of letting others down. I was afraid that the path of quote unquote uncertainty, which every single path is filled with, but anyway, you know, that I had chosen was not going to be as approved of as, you know, a more tried and true path. But when, you know, when I really shifted out of that pattern and my anxiety literally melted away was when I allowed myself to realize that there is a wisdom inside of me that is my my greatest compass of all time. And you know, listening to that doesn't have to be a drastic, you know, world-shattering event. It can be you can start in a really small way and in a consistent way and you don't have to make any rash decisions in the moment, but can you allow yourself the space to listen to what you feel, to honor what you feel, to feel called towards what you feel called towards and make space for any kind of fear that's going to come on the back of that. I really believe that the biggest fears that we experience in the process of growing into who we're meant to be into the highest version of ourselves 
is because we're afraid of the unknown. We're afraid of what the waters that we haven't charted before. We're afraid of the bigness of who we feel that we are and what we're, you know, the, the discomfort of stepping out of our safe, small place. And that what the biggest piece of advice that I can give you is that when you feel that fear, that is something to walk into bravely, to lean into with confidence and to know that that is not evidence that you're going in the wrong direction, but evidence that you're going in the right direction. And um, I know for me, it was when I started to learn to get comfortable really navigating that fear, not eliminating fear. I think anyone who says, you know, get over fear and just like follow your best life isn't probably following their best life. Because I know for me, every, every single meaningful chapter of growth, personal, business, everything has, has an element of fear in it. And that's just how we're wired as humans to be cautious about something that we don't know about. But the more that you can cultivate the muscle of self-trust, and it really is a muscle, and tell yourself, this is new, this is uncharted, but I'm brave. I believe in myself. I've got this. I can do this. This is a learning experience. I'm here for it. The more that we strengthen ourselves to show up in our full power and get exactly the result that we're after. Mm, I love that so much. I feel like everyone just needs to like bookmark this episode. I don't know if you can like take clips of of Apple Podcasts, but like that, I just like want to listen to you say that over and over and over again because it's a reminder that I need constantly. I think especially for women that are really driven and unapologetic about wanting to live their full in their fullest expression and their best life and their best career are constantly getting upgraded, constantly going through growth spurts. And so we have this like little buddy of fear next to us almost all the time. You know, I feel like I constantly have fear next to the decisions that I make and the path that I'm about to take. And it really is reminding myself that I've gotten through everything and I can get through the next thing. And for me, the past few months have been like really tumultuous in my life. And every single time that I start to get into this space of like, I don't know what's going to happen and just like really getting... I, I, I say like my past program starting to come up. I remind myself that every single thing that I'm going through is an opportunity for growth. And just like every other time in the past, I'm going to come out stronger. I'm going to come out wiser. I'm going to come out as a more developed version of myself and my soul and my spirit and my business. And so I love that reminder. For you with the anxiety that came up, how did you start to show up for that anxiety, move through it? Like, What does your daily practice look like? Yeah. I mean, to be honest, I haven't struggled with anxiety in the way that I used to in my early 20s and 31 in, in years. But the way that I really started to... I mean, honestly, this sounds so cliche, but um, when I made the decision to... After I'd quit my teaching job... So back to that original question that got lost there for a minute. So I quit my teaching job when I was 20... I think I was 25. Went to Bali when I was 26. And when I made that decision after I had quit my job, so I had a bunch of hodgepodge, you know, things coming together. But when I went to Bali for a month, I didn't have a salary. I didn't have health insurance. I had just gotten kicked off my parents' health insurance. So there was so much uncertainty and fear. And yet making that bold decision that seemingly could have triggered my anxiety out the wazoo, which was at its peak really when I was teaching and just like climbing a ladder that I wasn't even meant to be on. I felt so much of that anxiety go away. And yes, there was still mm-hmm. the uncertainty of, well, 
gee, Kate, like, how are you going to make money? And like, what are you going to do next? And what are you going to do on this travel plan through Southeast Asia that's massively unplanned and that you're just keeping really open? Um, But instead of feeling anxious about it, I felt so self-trusting. And this is the thing, and this is what I was saying before, like every time you make one decision that is honoring the truth of who you are, that honors the inkling that you feel, that honors that internal reaching towards growth, it dissolves anxiety. It Mm. strengthens your sense of self-trust. And I see this all the time with clients. And this is so relevant to business because every time we make an investment, whether it's in a coach or mentor or a program or a team member or a tool in your business, right? we see a number going out. We see a commitment that we're unsure of what the result is going to be. We see that big, bold step. But rather than looking at that as oh my gosh, and what if this doesn't work and I fall like flat on my face and have to live under a bridge and blah, blah, blah. What if you looked at that as, look at this evidence for me chasing what I want. Mm-hmm. And when you can have that internal shift, it strengthens your confidence if you allow it to do so, right? If you're fixated on this kind of negative spiral and negative what if scenario, it's, it's a way of self-sabotaging your growth especially if you've made a commitment to do something and then are really in this spiral of regret and confusion and self-doubt. And so the quickest way out of that is to look at how is this decision in profound alignment with the version of you that you're bringing forward? How is that decision in a complete representation of the woman that you are becoming and that you are stepping into? And the more that we can choose to see ourselves in that light and practice that muscle, the better that we are. Yes. I mean, mic drop right there. Seriously. Like I just, I love everything that you say. And that's why I just had to have you on the podcast because I just think that you offer so much value. And for so long, I thought that like the business coach was the person that was going to give you the strategy, the person that was going to teach you how to run a successful webinar or build out your email list. And while yes, I know that you help support your clients do all of that, it feels like it's so much deeper. Like it is so much deeper than just like that surface level. Here's your roadmap to building a six figure business. So, can you talk yeah. a little bit about like the soul of business? This is something that I really have been working on in my own business and with my clients as well. Is that like it needs to be more than just like Googling or signing up for a webinar and what like doing exactly what someone else is doing? Like that's not how you find success in business. No. Absolutely not. And here's the thing, like strategy is great and sales are great and don't get me wrong. And I'll, and you know, the method that I use and that I teach is my signature framework is called the yes method, um, which stands for your energy strategy and sales. And to me, a sustainable, profitable, kick-ass business is a combination of all of those things. You can't have one without the other, but the foundation of your successful business is your energy. It's not just energy. It's not somebody else's energy. It's not some crystal under the moon bath, high vibe energy. It's your energy because your energy is the thing that every single one of your dream clients connects with first and foremost. It's what's conveyed through every single one of your videos, your audios, your photographs, your words. It's how we build those threads of relationship and connection with our people and every single business. I don't care if you're selling aprons or you're selling 
$50,000 coaching packages. Every single business is built off a relationship that you have between yourself and your customer and a problem that you help them solve. And so when, when I see, and I see this all the time, especially new business owners coming to the space or women who really come from that more like wellnessy um, spiritual background, thinking that what they're missing is the strategy. In one part, that might be true. Perhaps they do need to learn like better time management skills and to understand what a product suite is and to understand a launch calendar and uh, you know a, a framework for a discovery call. All of those things, those structures are incredibly important. Where I see that becoming dangerous and really missing the mark is where we think that that alone is going to give us like the the result that we want. We think that that alone is the magic bullet, is the secret pill, is the thing that we need to get the result. And you know, I say this all the time. It's it's kind of like if you have a map to go exactly where you want to go, but you don't have gas in the car, guess what, sister? You're not going anywhere. Like you could know exactly what you have to do, but to, in order to actually execute on in that way in that plan in the way that only you can do, you have got to be plugged into your own power source, not your coach's power source, not some $10,000 package told me online that this is how you market power source, your power source. And so I think that the biggest question, and I, you know, I'm obsessed with this. I talk about it all the time. There's a quiz on my website that you can go take if you want to learn more about yours, but I am obsessed with helping my clients dial in and truly understand what their zone of genius is so that they're able to build out a business that is built upon that genius, that unique genius, not somebody else's, not some other business gurus, but your own, because that is the thing ultimately that's going to build the most amount of client loyalty, repeat customers, sold out launches, all the things that you want starts with being connected to who you actually are. And then the marketing strategy and savvy piece is being able to communicate that externally in a way that compels, that connects and ultimately converts. Mm, yes, I love like just diving into zone of genius. When I first like heard the term zone of genius, it blew me away. I was like, oh, that's why I don't enjoy doing X, Y, and Z, and why that like actually makes it so when I go do the thing that I'm really passionate about, I'm already drained and exhausted and like not excited to talk exactly. about it anymore. Yes. I, it's so interesting that you say this. So I just recorded um, an episode at the time that we are recording this. It will be several months ago now, but um, it's the 80-20 episode on my podcast, The Born to Rise podcast. And I, I li- the fa- what you just said of like, when I show up to do the things I want to do, I'm drained and exhausted. I think one of these is just like a very practical tip for any of our listeners here today. What I think is the most... Your biggest responsibility as a business owner is to identify what small amount of your efforts can nobody else in your business do. So whether you are a solopreneur or whether... And you're just overwhelmed with all the tasks that are on your plate, or you have one VA, a couple of VAs, a small team, and you're wondering how to delegate, the most important question to keep you in your zone of genius, which is really to keep you profitable in business, is to look at what are those small actions that I can do and only I can do in the business that yield 80% of my results. So for me, live streaming is absolutely one of those things. Content creation, getting on the phone, like actually putting my face, my words, my voice, my teaching, my energy out there is the thing that absolutely yields 80% of our results. And so, 
you know, I, I just think that it's so important as business owners that we both learn and understand how to me- measure our own energy, but also how to measure the data of what where that energy yields a result. Because if I, and let's just talk about zone of genius, my zone of genius is not like working in the back end of ClickFunnels. Like, do I understand it? Can I have an intelligent conversation with our you know tech team and funnels guru? Of course. Do I want to be in there building myself? Hell no. Like if I do that, it'll take me 10 times longer than anyone else. I will be so frustrated by the end. I'll be too tired to go live, too tired to record a podcast episode, not motivated to do the things that I have to do. And so I make strategic decisions in my business that delegate those things off my plate so that I am able to show up for the things that make sales. And Mm. as a business owner, we have to be able to identify that. And so it's really just like, you know, you asked about soul and business. This is where I just see that soul and strategy are so inextricably linked. And this is the new way of business, right? This is not 1998 where bro marketing and like, it's all about like the funnel copy that you have. That's not the case anymore. This is the time when we really have to, as business owners, as heart-driven business owners, as people who are actually here to care about not just what our bottom line is, but about the lives that we serve, because ultimately that feeds back into your bottom line tenfold. We have to be paying attention to our own energy levels and to what that yields from a sales standpoint and make strategic decisions from there. Mm, yes, I love that. And for me, I have one woman that I work with who helps me with my podcast because like doing graf- graphic design, the social media for the podcast. I just don't like doing it. I don't like writing the show notes. I like I like hitting record, talking, and then like send- sending it off to the production team. Um, and like that's where that's where I'm like, all right, I'm done. But what everything else in my business, like in my coaching business. And um, when I was working with brands and when I was teaching, I managed all of that for myself. And what I realized is really helpful if someone's like not at the point of being able to have a VA or have um, a team member is that I prioritize doing the like my task in my zone of genius at the beginning of the day before I do anything else. And it's interesting because like even now I still catch myself. I'll be like, oh, I can just like really quickly respond to this email and I'll have to catch myself and be like, get out of your inbox. You're not going in your inbox until you record the podcast. Yep, absolutely. And I'm so glad you said that. And I still do that. You know, I, I am such a such an advocate for time blocking and really protecting our time as a CEO and and using you know, having a calendar reflect and represent what those 20% of priorities are. And that's important whether you are a solopreneur or you have a tiny team or you manage a team of seven and eight people um, like we're growing into now. We just hired our eighth person. And having um, it, it's so, so important being able to streamline and delegate in the days, but also in your weeks. And so let's say for... Because I see this as a hangup for a lot of entrepreneurs as well, is when you know there's a bunch of priorities. I want to launch a program. I want to sell out my 101. I want to up to my website. I want to get featured in press. And I want to start a podcast. And it's like, okay, all of that's amazing. Let's talk about what the biggest overarching strategic objective is. And for many people, that's, well, I want to hit X number of revenue this month. And so then we have to look at, okay, so what are the actions that we can take that are directly going to contribute to that? A podcast is probably more about reach, visibility, growing your audience, growing your leads, growing your numbers. It's not about converting a warm audience at this stage, especially with all the production stuff that has to go into it. 
So that's something that would take a back seat. Live streaming to the audience that you have now, continuing to be on your Instagram stories, on Facebook, all emailing your list, like those are actions that are going to directly impact that revenue goal that we have. So that's just a way to sort of think about if you're a person who feels like you're struggling with so many different competing priorities in your business and they're all urgent and important at the same time, I would encourage you to look at what is the most important and how can we prioritize our weeks and then our days to reflect working on those most important tasks in the beginning and making sure that everything else that we do after that is gravy on the top. But our bread and butter is really making sure that we are seeing to those tasks that move the needle forward. Mm, Yes, I love that. So I want to talk about live streams and just like video in general, because video has been like the most powerful way for me to communicate with my community. And you are incredible at live streams. You get on video like and just have so much confidence and so much radiance. It's not usually like easy in the beginning to have that confidence and that radiance, but I find that it is like the most impactful way to really stand out. And again, going back to like energy for people to really, really feel your energy. How do you suggest for someone just starting out like to create impactful content, to be confident in their offer, to be confident as they're speaking, whether it's a live stream, Instagram stories, a live IGTV? How do we start to cultivate that like one structure? Because I think structure is really important, but then also confidence when we do go to talk about the thing that we are offering. Totally. Okay. So the first thing that I'll say is do not compare yourself and your beginning to somebody else's present state. Um, if you ever want to feel like a little <laughs> a Pick me up. Um, go watch my very first live video. I was awkward AF. I had no idea what I was doing. I felt like, oh my god, like this is. I'm not wearing a bra. I lived in Bali at the time, and like you can see my nipples, and I look so weird, and blah blah blah. Um, and it just you know, like anything, we grow and we cultivate and we build the skill set as we go along. So just first and foremost, like any sort of comparisonitis, any sort of story of, oh my God, she's such a natural at it. Um, because, and I appreciate that reflection. Um, it's something that I hear a lot, but I really, really just want to encourage our listeners to know that like it's a skill set that you can cultivate and develop. And just because you don't feel like wildly magnetic when you press record um, does not mean that's not something that you can grow into. So mm. that's the first thing that I want to say. Um, the second thing is around like choosing video topics that answer questions that your audience has. So in my business, we've set up a few different systems that allow me... like We are doing market research without quote unquote going out there and doing market research. Side note, I really hate... um, One of my pet peeves in the industry are posts that are like, I'm doing like no pitch calls for people who get on a call like with me to ask a couple questions about blah, blah, blah. I really don't think that that's the best way to do market research. Some of the ways that we do market research in my business. So I have a Facebook group called The Radiant Entrepreneur, which is super active. We've got about 2,500 members, I think at this stage, 2,400, something like that. But one of the things that, that women have to do when they join that group is answer a few questions. And one of those is, what are you struggling with in your business right now? And so every single week, we're getting dozens and dozens and dozens of answers that give us data points about what my audience is struggling with that. And my team goes through those, identifies patterns and lets me know, hey, Kate, a lot of people are feeling confused about their niche. Hey, Kate, a lot of people are struggling with content creation. Hey, Kate, a lot of people are feeling like 
they're struggling with lead gen or with closing on a discovery call or any of those things. And so those really inform what some of the common pain points are. And I have a just like full behind the scenes. I'm all about that like massive transparency. Um, I have a master content uh, creation calendar in Google Sheets that has the three main pillars of my business that I shared before. So energy, strategy, and sales. And so my team organizes those common pain points and struggles underneath one of those categories. And then depending on what it is that we are launching and selling. So all of my um, my free content is usually in alignment with something that I'm ultimately going to be selling. If I'm going to be launching a sales group program, I'm going to be speaking to pain points and objections usually around the sales side of things, not on the energy side of things. If I'm mm. launching Radiant Living School, um, one of my masterminds, I'm going to be talking more about the energy side of things. And so I pick a topic, a very specific question or pay- problem or pain point, and I develop an educational idea for a video. And that's how I choose what to live stream about. And so it's really, it's not me guessing. Like, I think my people would love to hear about like my paleo oatmeal recipe. And it's like, okay, people might want to know what you eat for breakfast, but they don't care about that. You're not a, you're not a recipe coach. You're a business coach, you know, and same thing for which podcast episodes that I do. I ask my people, what are you struggling with? The Facebook group how to grow an engaged and uh, effective Facebook group, which is our latest episode, came about because both in um, my Facebook group and on so many different client calls recently, I was getting the question, how did you grow such an engaged group? And I found myself answering that over and over and over again. And so I know if I'm getting that question a bunch, more people have that exact same question. And so The first thing, and this is like the strategy and structure around choosing a topic is keep your ear to the ground. If multiple clients are asking the same thing, if on your discovery calls, you're hearing the same pain points, use that data to inform what you talk about. That's how you know your people are going to listen. And then on the energy side of things. So I actually, I created the resource that I would I had, if you go to rise.katescutter.com, um, I create, I don't even know how to describe this. It's like, <laughs> I think I say if like Eminem's like eight mile soundtrack and a Beyonce album and like a Tony Robbins NLP audio course had... Like, okay, this sounds style, epic. <laughs> it's freaking amazing. You go and listen to it. It's like super cheap, but I made this resource. It's an hour long. I hired actually a producer in Bali because I have zero musical skills. Not true. I mean, I can kind of sing, but definitely not enough to write my own music. But I was like, I want an original hour-long album that is like a, a deeply subconscious reprogramming, but that's like danceable and makes you feel as like fierce and fucking unstoppable as Wonder Woman. And mm. I swear, like... I have all of my VIP clients get this. It's a product for sale. You can buy it on my website um, or go to rise.kisscutter.com and check it out. And I have so many women say to me, Kate, before I go on sales calls, I listen to this album. Before I live stream, I listen to this album. And it's just like uh, something... And whether it's Rise or whether it is a pump-up playlist or whatever it is that you do to get you in the zone. Like I, like I said in the beginning of this, I come from like a competitive sports background. So I'm that girl who would like listen to TI before like doing something that, you know, was just like big and important. And so I feel like music and affirmations in language is such a powerful way to remember who you are 
But ultimately it's that. It's like, it's remembering who you are. It's remembering that you are a force to be reckoned with, that there is literally nobody else like you, that you can't mess this up, that you have everything inside of you that you need to be successful in everything that you do. And when you can tap into that frequency, even if it feels like you have to borrow that confidence from someone outside of you, it's like osmosis. It gets into your body, into your blood, into that remembrance of who you are. And that's when you're able to show up and mm-hmm. execute on all of that awesome structure that you've set up for yourself. Yes. I love that. I mean, I listen to Lizzo every time before I do a sales call because I'm just like, this is like, I'm dancing. I love the lyrics. It just makes me happy. And then I sit down and like that energy is projected into the call. I'm curious though, you know, for a lot of the women that I speak with, they get into this like really high state and then the opportunity doesn't pan out the way that they expected or they get a no on one of their first their first sales calls how do you coach your clients through that and then you personally when you receive a no or something doesn't pan out the way you expected how do you like still stay in your power yeah so i think that like that was harder for me kind of in the beginning um i think probably for a couple different reasons one because my sales process wasn't as streamlined as it is now and two because i took everything personally like i think that the big one of our most important tasks as business owners and this can be freaking hard especially for like empathic really feeling heavy entrepreneurs is we make everything about us we make one no representative of what we're capable of making and earning in a year instead of like, oh, okay, that wasn't the right fit. So I think the first and most important thing, and guys, like this is probably one of my ultimate pieces of entrepreneurial advice is like get neutral, get into the practice and the habit of getting neutral before you try to problem solve. Because if you don't, you're likely going to be solving the wrong problem and digging up a bunch of dirt in a patch that didn't need to be dug up anyway. Mm -hmm. So that's the first thing that I would say. Um, But I think that like my biggest advice with that and what I tell my clients all the time is I actually think that while getting a no or having a conversation go a way that's different than we anticipated is inevitable and it's part of business, I think there's a lot of steps that we can take in a sales sense in order to minimize that happening. And so I have... I mean, the way that I teach sales um, is very much about setting up a discovery call process that is pre-vetted so that all of your leads, anyone that you're basically getting on the phone with, you should have the sense that this person is a good fit for you. Um, I think a lot of the times, it's not just about going in confident and feeling like, yeah, I'm feeling good as hell, but also knowing, do I feel comfortable sitting in the discomfort of this person's objections? Do I feel comfortable like riding the waves of this own of this person's stuff and sticking true to my truth? And I know in the beginning, I did not feel comfortable reflecting someone's objections. If someone said, yeah, I don't have the money right now, I'd be like, okay, bye. Like I was, you know, I, I took that at face value. And what I've learned from sales is that so much of the time, if someone has a no, if someone is expressing doubt, if someone is projecting uncertainty, it has way more to do with an underlying either like limiting belief and self-trust or a lack of trust in you as the business owner and as the container. And so I think that when you learn how to set up a sales process that is more solid and that can eliminate some of those fears and doubts, um, you're just, you're so much better off. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, I think that that's like the biggest like nugget to take away is that it's like you, it is always this like fear or this doubt or this limiting belief 
underlying whatever the excuse is or whatever the reason is. And I think sales calls are also like going back to the like having trust in like you as a coach and you as a container is like sales calls are also a container for them to experience what it's like to work with you too. And so if you're able, if you are able to walk them through that door and get them back into their power, get them into that place of trust and faith and like into that excitement that they had when they were filling out the application, then like you're already doing your job. You're already moving through the objections with grace and showing them what's possible for them too. So I love that. Absolutely. And like I've had people flat out like in a questionnaire, you know, because my questionnaire says like, you know, this is the cost of the VIP mentorship with Kate. Are you ready to invest in your business growth at that level? And so there are three different options that I have there for somebody to like. I've had people, and then in the next question, the last question is like, is there anything else you think we should know about your application? Um, I've had people write, like, there is no way, like, I do not have the money to work with you privately, but I know I need to make this happen. I'm so excited to talk. Like, those are the people I'm like, I cannot wait to get on the phone with you because mm-hmm. you have that hunger and that fire. It's not about, do you have 24,000 extra dollars sitting in your savings account? Because let's be honest, like not many people do. And if you do, you're, you're, it's not like it's just extra cream sitting on the top, right? Like there's always something else that you can do with the money that you have. There's always something else that you can put that towards, but believing enough in your dream and the expansion of your business to put that in yourself that is a different kettle of fish. And so, I mean, yeah, I've, I've, I've just seen this so many times in sales with myself, with my clients, people who are like, I can't even afford pet food. And then like at the end of our six months are like smashing 20K cash months consistently, selling out VIPs, masterminds, group programs, built out their entire product suite. And they're like, oh my God, this is what I knew was possible. And so anytime for any of our listeners, if you feel icky or doubtful or kind of sketchy in the sales process and feel like, oh my gosh, like if I'm, you know, really holding the line and someone's telling me they can't afford it or financially it feels really uncomfortable and yet they really want it. Remember, you have a job and a service to them to remind them of what is possible. And that entails getting outside of their comfort zone. So it's 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 when I like really saw how much it served my people to not apologize and not waver and not be afraid to say, okay, I'm hearing that you really want to be here. I'm hearing that that's not where we're at now. I'm hearing that this big jump sounds scary, but what are the other options here? Like, Is doing nothing really an option? And when you really, in a sales call, instead of backing away from those uncomfortable places, but lean into them, that's where A, you're going to make the sale and B, you're going to serve your people so, so much. Yeah, I love that so much. So who are a few people in like business or just like in in the world right now that you respect and love to follow for both like strategy and soul? Yeah, I mean, I am obsessed with everything that Sarah Blakely does. Um, I'm She's awesome. a program right now called Nail Your Niche. And I think she is such a gorgeous example of what it looks like to be, you know, the face, the name, the the essence, the implicit promise of what a brand stands for, and just like a savvy as fuck businesswoman, um, you know, who's soulful, who's connected, who makes pancakes for their kids on Sundays, and just runs a billion dollar empire and shares the stage with Tony Robbins. I just, I, I love her so much and just love her product, love everything that she does. Um, Rachel Hollis 
another massive inspiration for me, her unapologetic hustle and the way that she has just allowed herself to go all in and not wait for anybody else's permission is a massive inspiration. Those are two that just like spring to mind. Obviously Oprah because it's Oprah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, Rachel and Sarah Blakely are the ones that just are that kind of shining light for me at the moment. They're just so amazing. Mm, well, you are someone that I am so just like inspired by. So thank you so much for coming yeah. on the podcast. You are so welcome. Thank you so much for having me. It was it was beautiful to be here with you and share. And I just hope our listeners got so much out of this conversation. Yeah. So on that note, where can people find you and how can we support you? Absolutely. So um, you can find me on Instagram. I love me some IG. Um, I'm at Kate Scudder. That's C-A-I-T-S-C-U-D-D-E-R. Um, I also have a free Facebook group, which I share free training videos in every single week. So you can check that out. There's like hours and hours and hours, probably, I don't know, 50 plus of free videos that are in there that are cataloged if you want to binge watch some uh, business trainings. Um, and that's if you just search The Radiant Entrepreneur and click on the group with my face on it, that's that's a group that I would love to have you come in and join. Um, my website, you can always find out more about what's going on in my business there. Um, let's see what else. Oh, my podcast. So I also host a podcast called Born to Rise, um, which is available on iTunes, Spotify, Anywhere podcasts are sold. Um, not sold. It's free. Uh, but you can always <laughs> check that out. Yeah, I think that's it. Those are the, those are the best places. Um, the Radiant Entrepreneur on Facebook and my Instagram. Awesome. Thank you so much. You're so welcome. 